The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Bears Over Beers, a new podcast on the Windy City Gridiron channel. My name's Jeff Burkus, and I'm joined by EJ Snyder, the lead draft analyst for Windy City Gridiron. Together, we're starting a new podcast where we crack a couple cold beers, take some deep dives, and serve up some cold takes on the Chicago Bears. So, EJ, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am going to focus on a local beer to me uh, from Narrows Brewing Company. And since we're the focus of today's show is inside linebackers, I wanted something that matched that that theme. Uh, so I found a Hazard Zone Pale Ale, which I thought was appropriate because I want anybody that approaches the middle linebacker on my team to feel like it's a bit of a hazard zone. So I thought that was good. I do. I like that. I like that. Um, I'm drinking, uh, you know, you'll get to know this about me, but I really like stout. And so tonight I'm drinking a stout in honor of the first time we actually did share a beer together in real life. It's the Ninkasi Vanilla Otis, an oatmeal stout. And I chose this one because not only was it did I actually have this uh, when we met to talk about the bears for the first time, but it's a solid beer. It's not something that's going to get talked about a lot. Uh, I think it's really underrated, just oatmeal stouts in general, and kind of reminded me of Danny Trevathan. So um, Nice. Let's open. All right, let's crack these. All right. So, you tell me how yours is, and I'll tell you how mine is. <laughs> well, I know this is going to be good because uh, I've had a lot of them. This is the last one I have in the six-pack that I brought back from Colorado. It's not a beer I can get. This is an Oregon beer. Uh, pours pretty pretty dark. Has a good head on it. Um, I really taste the oat, the uh, the vanilla in the oatmeal stout, which I really like. Vanilla's uh, I think a totally underrated flavor, and uh, it's a good beer. Yeah, Northwest beers are represented tonight. We've got one from Washington, one from Eugene, home of the Ducks. Uh, Ninkasi's in Eugene, Oregon. And um, both quality beverages to, to go with a quality show as we kick this off. But, yeah, we're going to talk about inside linebackers today. And we're going to talk about the Bears are looking for at this position. I think that's changed. What do you think, Jeff? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, it does seem like, well, obviously the history of the Chicago Bears starts off with middle linebackers. Uh, we have the greatest history of middle linebackers of all of the NFL franchises, but when Vic Fangio came on board and changed the 4-3 to a 3-4, certainly middle linebacker shifted over to inside linebacker, and we've seen a lot more athleticism come on board, and we'll get to those guys in a minute. But just characteristics and traits, when you're looking at 
guys to bring in, guys in the draft. What is it that you think is the most important thing that Ryan Pace is looking for? Yeah, I think it has changed, and I think we've seen that um, specifically last year with the draft of Roquan Smith um, and how well he fit into the system and how quickly. A lot of people said Roquan was too light uh, to play middle linebacker, but they found out that really that definition is changing and it's been changing for about five years across the entire league. If your middle linebackers can't cover, they're going to get exposed. A lot of times when you think middle linebacker, you think big thumper can step in the gap and stop the run. Well, uh, the pass is leading the league, and therefore the defenders need to be able to change with the times and do that. So we need somebody that is quick, uh, has great change of direction, understands both sort of man and zone and doesn't get left on that crossing route going across the middle of the field because that's the first thing an offensive coordinator, uh, a Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan is going to see on tape is that, Hey, that guy in the middle is, is slow of foot or can't change directions. And they're going to put a small receiver or a very fast tight end out there. And you're going to see that middle linebacker trailing three or four yards behind the receiver and and those are big gains in today's game so they've got to be able to pass cover got to have some flexibility it's nice if they can blitz but they've got to have foot speed and they've got to be able to cover yeah it seems like that two down thumper is going extinct like uh, the fullback you don't see a lot of fullbacks anymore you don't see a lot of two down thumpers anymore but uh, the bears i don't think have anybody that's necessarily a two down thumper but maybe we have a question about one guy in particular, but let's start off at the top. Uh, Danny Trevathan. Uh, we're just going to run through all the guys that we have one at a time and talk about where they're at in their career, where they're at with their contract, and just kind of get a sense of what the Bears roster looks like. Uh, Danny Trevathan won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 with the Broncos, came over. Uh, John Fox is still here. Obviously, Fox coached him, coached him up in, in Denver. Um, signed a nice little four year deal with the Bears. Uh, you know, this year I've heard a little bit of Twitter chatter about uh, well, maybe Danny's a, a cut candidate. I don't I don't see it that way. I'd be curious to hear what you think. But if the if the Bears did cut him this year, there'd be one point two five million dollars of of a dead cap hit. Um, he's going to make seven point six million this year uh, as long as he stays on the roster. Uh, turns twenty nine next month, which for an inside linebacker isn't isn't ancient or anything. And uh, he'll be entering his eighth season in the league. Um, I think still played at a high level in 2018. Uh, certainly gets lost in the mix with all the superstars, but played really solid. He's, he's got great instincts um, and, and certainly isn't a liability in coverage. Uh, what did you see from Danny this year? I, I think what you said last is probably most important in the in the argument about whether to cut Danny Trevathan. He's still performing at a very high level. He's... He's not just a glue guy. He made plays in the middle of that defense, and you're right. He's always been good against the pass. He was light when he was drafted you know, eight or nine years ago. He was extremely light. He was in the 220, high 220 range. People were saying that's not going to happen, 230 maybe. Um, but he's proved that, hey, he was sort of ahead of the curve there, and he's still playing at a high level. He's coordinates that defense. He can fill his gaps. He is still very fast despite having some serious knee injuries and playing at a high level. So unless you had somebody that was really pushing him, another high draft pick, you know, there's two inside linebacker spots. Roquan's obviously solidified one of them. Unless you have somebody that's going to push somebody like Danny Trevathan out, there's no reason to cut him. You're going to get worse and you can certainly afford his contract. So I think he stays. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you mentioned Roquan. Let's, let's just go to him. Uh, number eight overall pick in the 2018 
draft. Uh, a little bit of a surprise to me that he slid. Uh, not you know draft sliding. You know poor term, but I, I didn't expect him to be there as an option for the Bears when they drafted eighth. I honestly thought he was going to go uh, to Indianapolis, and I and but. We can get into that at some point down the line. But uh, so rookie deal, he's just entering second year um, and uh, he'll only turn 22 in April. Uh, so young guy and came into camp late, uh, well, very late, uh, played sparingly in that Green Bay game uh, and then started to earn his his way onto the field in week two and beyond. Uh, certainly could have used that full camp out of him, uh, but second half of the year the speed the instincts uh the ability to cover he he really flashed it all what did you see uh and how did that match up with how you scouted him uh in in the lead up to the last draft i think everything matched up uh once he got on the field yeah last guy to sign in the nfl as a rookie um had a specific contract issue with the bears in terms of uh the voiding of deals or the potential voiding of deals um, from suspension. Once he got over that, it was everything you saw when he was at Georgia. He very fast, great instincts, good eyes, plays with good balance, um, can hit, you know, is not afraid as a smaller guy to uh, engage linemen. Now, he's not going to move linemen at his size, but he is one of those rare guys that can run around a guy and still make the play right where he would have if he'd you know, been that old bull linebacker and sort of pushed through him. He's that quick. And you started to see all that as it came together at the end of the year. And, and really even before that, uh, you know, by mid-year, he was playing at a very high level. And probably if he'd started from game one and been in camp the whole time, would have been a bigger story, would have been closer to sort of defensive rookie of the year status, that kind of thing. Um, can rush the passer, is great on the delayed blitz, great foot speed, really sudden, excellent player. Arrows are all up for Roquan. Let me ask you, the guy that did beat him out for – Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Leonard over in, in Indianapolis. Is that just a, a stat accumulation thing? I know the, I know he played well, um, but was it that he had the full year over Roquan? Um, did it surprise you that he won over a guy like Derwin James, who played everywhere all over the field in in, uh, in L.A. Almost said San Diego, L.A. Yep. Um, you know what? What is it that we can expect going forward? I, I would assume that Roquan's ceiling is higher than Leonard's. Um, we'll see in that defense. And again, landing spot has a lot to do with it. Um, Darius Leonard hit the ground running, obviously in Indianapolis, uh, the coaching staff put him in a really good spot there, which is always a, a key with any draft pick, whether it's quarterback or a middle linebacker or, or any other position, does the coaching staff put them in a good position to succeed quickly? And they did. And Leonard, very athletic coming out, um, and just did sort of the most with what he has, which is pretty sizable. And he's a very driven player, and that's something that we don't necessarily get to tap into. We sort of hear anecdotes about that, but it's always hard to understand who to trust on those kind of things. But listening to him in his interviews, certainly towards the end of the year when he was sort of on the award circuit and they're talking about the year he had in Indianapolis, um, that guy as a young player is absolutely committed to having the most success he can and i think he's going to continue to be a force um i underrated him a little bit i liked him very much as a player i didn't dislike him at all but he was more of a 
you know, late second, early third round guy for me. And obviously, if you're, you know, repicking the draft and you need a middle linebacker, he'd be, you know, the top one or two, depending on sort of fit and scheme. Just fantastic player. Um, Roquan's ceiling is very high, and I think he will continue to grow as a player. Uh, will he be as good as Leonard? You know, I think we're going to see more from him in the second year of the system as he grows as a player. Um, and he could be, but um, Leonard Leonard could stay where he's at in the stratosphere, or he could regress. You never know. But he's certainly got the capability, and he certainly seems to have the drive to want to. And that's a that's a big deal in this league or any other league. Yeah, absolutely. I still think Derwin James got robbed, but that's just me. But my, they, don't, they didn't take my ballot. But uh, you know, that's I'll, I'll keep submitting them. Um, yep. All right. So, so interesting enough. Like I think most of us think, okay, you know, Danny, solid, good guy. Uh, he's coming back. We're fine there. Roquan ascending. You know, potential blue chip player. Okay, those are our starters. So it was a little surprising to me when we talked about this. What what should we focus on for the first show? And you and you brought up inside linebacker. But once we get into the backups and the contract situation, it does kind of seem like this is something that Ryan Pace is going to have to address soon, or we're going to have to see some some ascendance here. Um, you know, some action is going to have to be taken at the in the near future. So the 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 backups. We'll we'll start with uh, Nick Witkowski. Um, I, I kind of want to call him Nick the Quick, but um, I think that would be a lie because I think he got exposed a little bit in that Green Bay game. Um, he was not able to hang with those receivers coming over the middle, and I think that really hurt uh, the Bears in the second half. Came to the Bears fourth rounder in 2016. This year is going to be the last year of his rookie deal. Um, they could cut him if he just doesn't seem to fit in the plans this year with very minimal uh, uh, dead cap issues. Uh, contract this year is very comfortable at $2.1 million. So there's no real reason to, to not keep him on unless unless you make a big signing or, or have a draft uh, that pushes him off the roster. Um, what have you seen in, in Nick uh, over the, the four years? Uh, am I right in that? It just seems like he was outmatched and uh, it was probably a good thing that Roquan fell to, to the Bears at eight. Uh, I think both of those things are true. Uh, it's a little bit surprising. I like Kukowski, um coming out of West Virginia. Uh, he's a former safety there. He played safety for a couple of years, bulked up, uh, played linebacker, uh, was the captain of that defense, the play caller, and was pretty quick, as you'd expect from a former safety. Uh, covered ground really well, and he's got good size, too. He's got a, a nice frame, long arms, uh, loves contact, uh, not afraid of that. So in terms of being a middle linebacker or a you know middle of the three four linebacker, I thought he was a guy that could really grow into the role, and it seemed like he was. But boy, at the beginning of this year, he got exposed on exactly those sort of characteristics that I talked about at the top of the pod, which was you got to be able to stay with people across the middle, and he was consistently two and three steps behind people in that game you're referencing, and it looked bad, and they got big gains out of it, and and you know. That's the thing about the NFL is it's a film league. The defensive coordinator from next week's opponent or the offensive coordinator from next week's opponent is going to look at that and go, oh, that guy comes on the field, we're getting a mismatch, right? We're going to put our small tight end on him and he's going to run away from him and we're going to get, you know, six, eight yards a pop every time. So right. going forward, I don't know that he's a great option. Now, he's a good backup. He's very, you know, He's been solid physically. Uh, if I was Nick Kukowski, I would see the writing on the wall and I would probably lose about 10 or 15 pounds this offseason right. and go work with a speed coach and see if I could get 
get my foot speed up to its sort of maximum. And if that meant being a little lighter, um, I think that's okay. Uh, so it's just one of those things, but is he long-term future for the bears? I, I don't think he fits the mold all that well. Um, if he was going to stay on and, and be a special team's value or something, that's great. But I think someone else will, will look at his skill set and say, Hey, that guy might be better for us. And he'll probably sign a, a richer deal maybe than the bears would like, uh, if he stays around this season and at the end of next season. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And this, this is the guy, I, you know, he does seem like a, a pretty good guy from what we can tell around the locker room and you know obviously uh active on special teams uh it just seems like this if there's going to be a spot that's in jeopardy coming out of camp this year this is the one i'm looking at so if if they do want to make a move this does seem like the spot that maybe he gets pushed pretty hard um and so i, I want to go to the next guy another fourth rounder and i want you to pronounce joel's last name for me iggy Oh, it's just Icky. Okay. Well, Icky, that, yeah. Yeah, I had more letters on my paper, but I didn't want to. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah, interesting. I like Iggy. It's EA Booneyway. EA Booneyway. Um, I like Iggy. That's a that's a tough name for me, but uh, fourth rounder out of Western Kentucky, if I'm correct, that's the Hilltoppers. That um, is the Hilltoppers. He's entering the second year uh, of his rookie deal. A uh, little bit of an older rookie, turns 24 this October. Uh you look at his measurables, kind of seem like they scouted him as a, a Roquan clone, maybe without the right. you know beautiful instincts that Roquan shows. Um, had some pretty, he was pretty active on special teams. I think he was on all the special teams that I that I could see that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's what's the expectation for a guy like this uh, heading into his second year? Um, does does he get on the field to to spell? those inside linebackers for a series or two a game um, to, to give a, an audition to see if he can replace Danny in the, into the future? Or um, is, is he you know, going to have to repeat that special teams role again this year? If everybody stays healthy, I think he does pull a repeat of last year, lead special teams, and the health is really the thing, right? Um, either one of those guys or, or really anybody on the field is a knee injury away from you know, a guy like Gigi stepping in and playing a, a bigger role. So I think you'll see him a lot more in the preseason on base defense. Um, in the regular season, again, if everybody stays healthy, he's probably not on the field this year a lot uh, in the base defense. But yeah, he's very much like a Roquan clone. Um, physically, almost a perfect match. Um, like you said, mentally, not quite the same processor. He's as sudden. He's not quite as physical. Um his pass coverage was good, but I don't think it's nearly as nuanced as it is uh, with Roquan. So he's got some growing to do, but let's see how much growing does he does he take that sophomore step or leap uh, that people talk about now that he's had a full season under his belt as a pro. Um, but in terms of physical traits, if you're looking at somebody like Iggy versus a guy like Kwiatkowski, um, obviously they're going to keep a guy like Iggy. He seems to fit their traits a little bit better. Um, but, you know, does he push for a spot in the base defense? Probably not this year unless somebody gets hurt would be my guess. Right, right. Yeah, I, I just you wonder, it seemed like, at least on offense, Nagy was uh, using a lot of his depth chart uh, throughout throughout the year. Uh, Fangio not as much. And those inside linebackers really do stay on the field most of the time. Uh, th- you know, they don't necessarily get spelled that much. But I saw a couple series out of out of Kwiatkowski, Kwiatkowski uh, throughout the year. Uh, I was kind of curious if we'd maybe see Iggy uh, sub in a few times for that as well. But um, I hope. I yeah. hope is the answer. 
you know, yeah. I, I'd like to see that growth and development mentally. He's going to be a little bit bigger physically being on a, you know, pro nutrition plan, pro lifting plan. Um, you know, I'd like to see him grow into that solidly into that third role being that, you know, guy that's first onto the field to spell and, you know, maybe does take five, 10 snaps per game in the base defense that that'd be a wonderful luxury for the bears to have. Yeah. I think ideally we need to see some, uh, progress to see maybe if we do have a replacement for Trevath. And I, there's a couple guys and I don't, you know, I don't get into the futures contracts guys very much. Uh, seems like more your territory, but I did notice a few linebackers that the bears had signed so that they'll have on the, you know, the, the 90 man rosters, uh, Jameer Thurman, I believe is a guy that might be worth talking about for a minute or two. Uh, what do you know about him? Uh, I like him. He's a CFL player, and he is a little bit on the shorter side, but he played in a wide-open league that features a lot of passing. Go figure, uh, the CFL. So um, I think he's a former Stampeder, Calgary Stampeder. Um, he's about 5'10". He's in the 220 range, very quick. And obviously, if you're going to play in that league, you have to cover, and I think that's probably what attracted the Bears to him. So he's a little bit shorter uh, than both Iggy and Roquan, but a very similar player. So when you ask me, hey, are any of these guys worth talking about, I think Thurman fits that mold, and we'll have to see. Um, and the other thing is, you know, look, new defensive coordinator, you know, Chuck Pagano uh, coming in, replacing Vic Fangio. What is he like? And and we'll find that out. We don't really know right now. We can we can guess from his Baltimore days or his time in India or anything else, but we're not really sure. So maybe Thurman, you know, turns his eye and he's that sort of fourth linebacker that's going to obviously play a lot of special teams, but can come in and maybe if they do cut or, you know, probably not trade uh, Kwiatkowski, then a guy like Thurman could give them depth. Uh, if they're comfortable with him, uh, moving into the season that they wouldn't have to, you know, add from the free agent market or, you know, draft, uh, draft a potentially higher draft pick to do that. Yeah. It's interesting that like those guys that develop over time, um, you know, is this a practice squad guy potentially, or is this a guy that, you know, you see if he can stick on the 53 and if not, then you you sort of move on. I mean, I, I guess I don't know how long you spend on where these guys are at in their career progression. Um, so it'd be interesting to follow him and see if, see if he's able to stick. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's not a lot of time for that in the NFL these days. It's a right now league, as you know, you know, uh, everybody's looking for success faster out of coaches, out of players, out of signings, out of rookies. It doesn't matter that, you know, one, two years is a window now, whereas it used to be, Oh, give them three or four years to develop. There is no such thing as a three or four year window anymore. If you're not winning in two or three years with the exception, some rare exceptions who we've seen move on. I mean, look, Marvin Lewis moved on, uh, after many years in Cincinnati, but you see so so much success out of rookie coaches and, and rookie players, even rookie quarterbacks. That used to be the thing, right? Can't win with a rookie quarterback. Well, looks like you can now in the league. So things are changing and you don't get those long windows anymore. So if he's going to make a mark. He's going to have to do it probably this year or, or that roster spot or practice squad spot. Even is not going to be there for him. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit. That's, that's pretty much what's on the roster now. I think both of us probably see a pretty high percentage that the four guys that are on the roster now are going to be on the roster on opening day. But there is a chance that the Bears make a move. And so we wanted to look into free agency. And obviously you, being the, the draft analyst that you are, um, have some goodies for us there. I want to start in free agency, though. And I got a, I, I sifted through these. There's not a ton of obvious uh, names that would be good targets for us, but there's a couple that I wanted to highlight. And um, let's work through both of those. The first one, 
top-of-the-market guy. C.J. Mosley, pretty popular name in Bears circles when he was coming out. Um, Baltimore got him. Of course they did. Baltimore loves linebackers. Uh, Baltimore runs a 3-4. Obviously Pagano uh, cut his teeth in Baltimore. Former first-rounder. He's made four Pro Bowls, which Pro Bowls. Um, And uh, (laughs) uh, And that's a pod for another time. Exactly. Uh, But he... He, he's definitely a much better against the run than I think he is against the pass. And I don't know if that's just how Baltimore uh, used him or what, but he, he, he does seem to be a little bit more downhill and, and maybe not used as much uh, in, the, in the passing game. But uh, pretty popular name coming out. He's probably not going to be able to shake loose in Baltimore. But you never know. Eric DaCosta took over for Ozzy uh, in, in the general manager role. He might want to make a – uh, a splash or some different decisions just to assert himself. Uh, Mosley might think that he's worth quite a lot of money and might want to test the market. Um, I do think that that probably prices him out of Chicago, even if he does want to go test the market. But you never know. These things happen. Um, and uh, obviously a, a move like Mosley would probably mean that they want to move on from, from Trevathan. Uh, I don't see how you fit a guy like Mosley in with Rokron and Trevathan. But what do you think of Mosley? What do you think of him coming out? Um, is that kind of the type of guy that Chicago might be looking for in terms of skill set? I think he could do it. You, um, I think there was a, a sort of persistent narrative about him, you know, as an Alabama linebacker that he was better against the run than the pass. Uh, that's kind of the, the notion I went into his tape with. That's what people were saying about him is, oh, yeah, but he can't play the pass. I was really pleasantly surprised at what he can do against the pass. Not always asked to do it, but in the reps where he was asked to do it, um, at least at Alabama, he did it very well. He's got good range, great size, um, runs really well. Like you said, he's probably going to be expensive, uh, not the kind of move that, you know, the bears are going to make just in terms of positional priority. They're not going to throw a ton of money, um, at inside linebacker. I just don't think that's going to be the thing. Yes. You'd probably have to move on from through I don't know where the money comes from if you don't. Uh, but I like Mosley as a player a lot and, uh, I think he could play in the system. He's excellent downhill. Um, you know, but he's also pretty good against tight ends. He's fast and changes direction pretty well. So he's got a lot of versatility, whether or not he showed that in Baltimore is really more sort of product of the system, but I think he has the potential. I don't think it's a likely target for the bears, but if he ended up in, in Chicago, I would not be upset. Let's put it that way. I was a big Mosley fan coming out in the draft. Yeah, that's fair. And I, you know, to, to be clear, I don't think that he's going to wind up in Chicago, but it is nice to know, what is potentially out there to set the top of the market. The guy Absolutely. That, the guy that I, you know, as I was digging into this, the, the name that really caught my attention is Quan Alexander. And uh, he tore his ACL in week seven. So, okay, stick with me. Um, but, <laughs> you know, he, he's playing for the Buccaneers. He's only 25. He made a Pro Bowl in 2017. Um, played middle linebacker for, for a 4-3 defense. Okay. Bucks are starting over. They hire Bruce Arians. Arians brought in Todd Bowles. Kind of Bowles kind of teased out there that maybe he was going to come to Chicago. Uh, Again, story for another podcast. Uh, I like I like Bowles, but Bowles runs a three four tradition, kind of a hybrid defense. Um, You know, when new guys come in, 
they bring in the they bring in their guys or they certainly take a look at the tape. They may not be willing to wait on a guy like Quan Alexander um, coming off an injury. Uh, this is the type of guy that might go into free agency with a bit of a bargain, uh, so that they can he can prove that he can get back uh, to form, and so he may be willing to sign, uh, you know, a nice deal with somebody to probably with a path to playing time, but again, maybe someone in the mold that shakes loose, who's got some talent, uh, ran a four five five forty. Uh, in the combines, so the guy's got speed uh, from from the inside linebacker position. Um, he's been really good in coverage in Tampa Bay. Uh, I just like the player. Um, I know it's a different defense. Uh, am I off? Is this a guy that maybe could uh, potentially be a, a potential bargain for uh, for Pace to bring in? And do you think that he has a chance to fit in the system? Yeah, I love Quan. He's a he's a fantastic player. He's underrated because he was playing on some pretty rugged bucks teams um you know they weren't that good he wasn't getting great coverage they weren't for the most part making noise making the playoffs that's not his fault he's a fantastic player uh like you said fast great in coverage hits like a ton of bricks actually reminds me of roquan a little bit or roquan reminds me of him i guess because he came into the league afterwards but it's a really interesting discussion the points you brought up about hey he was injured hey they're changing regime um you know, they might not want to pay him. Uh, you know, they're changing scheme. All those things happen. But I think Alexander is absolutely good enough to transcend scheme. He's a very good instinctual linebacker. He's very fast. Um, it really depends on his value. If if his market's a little bit slow because of positional value, if the inside linebackers are kind of hanging around and everybody's saying, oh, we can get him from the draft, or there's just not that many people out there, or they're, they're you know, they're questioning they're waiting to see if his knee's healthy. If his market's a little bit slow, this could be a great pace coup. If they don't need him to start the year strong, and they don't because we've already talked about the depth they have on the roster, if they can kind of stash him and have him be ready for the second half of the season, because I'm pretty convinced that ACLs take a, a really a full year to regain an explosion. We see guys back on the field pretty quickly, and we see some amazing recoveries from that injury these days. But it really seems like when you go back and sort of look at effectiveness and look at the stats, that about a year later is when they really round into form and, and kind of come back. Trevathan was the same way. Trevathan, when he came back from his injury, was, was functional, but he didn't look the same. Right. And then, you know, about four, five, six months later, he really started to round into form. And okay, that looks like the Trevathan we saw earlier in his career. So if all the dominoes fall the right way and Quan's out there and he's been sitting there and he's waiting for a deal, and like you said, he's waiting to sort of take a deal tied to playing time or you know, take a sort of provisional deal to a one-year deal or maybe a two-year deal to sort of get back and show that he's healed and the Bears don't need him right away, Boy, wouldn't that be something great to have in your pocket if if Roquan or Trevathan goes down down the stretch and you can bring in a Quan Alexander? Um, that would be pretty darn fantastic. So it, it would take a lot of sort of what ifs to fall the right way, but but again, would not be at all upset if the knee is healthy to see a guy like Quan Alexander on the Bears. And I kind of like it too now that I'm looking at it because we could have Roquan and Quan in the middle of the defense, <laughs> and that that works for me. Um, Leave it to you. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I want to get into the draft options, but I, I, I'm gonna let's take a step back, and I gotta ask you if you saw this question on Twitter the other day uh, about if you think that you could average 1.5 yards per carry if an NFL team gave you 36 carries. 
Uh, Jeff Schwartz was tweeting it out. He was getting into it with some guys. I don't know if you follow Jeff Schwartz. He's pretty. I do. Uh, yeah. Fun follow for for all of you guys on Twitter. Former uh, offensive lineman in the league. Um, I, I'm I'm you know we're talking about linebackers and I'm talking about these guys that hit hard. Anybody that didn't play running back, I think, in college, that answers that question with anything other than no, there's no way, uh, is lying to themselves. But I'm thinking, if if I had to carry 36 times in the NFL and I didn't just dive once I got the ball, you know, just and just cover yep. up, and I, but I tried to give it an honest effort. I'm going to fumble at least 30 times. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we're going to lose half of those fumbles, you know, just by the pure yeah. coin flip of that. So whatever t- team is idiotic to give me these 36 carries, that, that's a whole other conversation. But I, I don't think my body can get through the hits. I don't think I could take 36 hits from these inside linebackers or these you know, giant defensive tackles. And I'm a big guy. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not this tiny guy that's running around. I'm, I mean, I'm, I've got some heft to me, but I, I can't, there's no way I can survive these hits talking about how these guys hit like a ton of bricks. Um, but I, I'm just kind of curious um, how many fumbles uh, out of 36 is probably a more accurate question for those of us that watch football. I think you're probably right. That's a good adjustment on that one. Um, I'm going to guess that I'm going to have, um, 35 fumbles because the the guy's going to hit me face mask in my wrist on the first carry and it's going to snap like a twig and that's it. I'm, I'm done. So you can either say, look, it's over or you can put the ball back in my taped up hand and I'm going to drop it 35 more times. No, people who haven't been on an NFL field, like actually on the field, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's just different. Right. The, the sound, the speed, the fury. These guys are massive when you meet them in, in person. Uh, it's kind of like hockey. You meet hockey players, even off skates. Yeah, they lose four inches. But those guys are huge, and they move really fast. And NFL players are the same way. These guys are just athletically gifted in a way that most of us aren't. And it becomes a mass equation. You've got you know linebackers who are 240. You know, there's not that many of them running around anymore, but there's quite a few, especially sort of edge defender outside linebackers. Right. And those guys are crazy fast now. Those guys are running four or five flats, right? Some of them, some of them tickling four or four. And guys that are running, it's just a mass equation, right? Guy runs a, you know, four, four something at 225, right? I'm thinking of the uh, Shakem Griffin, right? Right. Yeah, he's two, 223 or something, and he ran whatever he ran. 442 or something just blazing right that's 225 pounds of guy that doesn't want you doing whatever you're doing <laughs> coming at you at 44 that's that's like getting hit by a stack of lumber i mean it's 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 not okay and yeah you're right to say i don't think my body's going to survive not many bodies would pads or no um and you talk, talk about 36 carries 36 carries is pretty antiquated too like nobody Almost nobody averages even 20 carries in the league anymore. So you're talking about almost double that. It's like two games of punishment, right? As oh, no, this NFL can't be back. one game. I'm thinking this has to be over a year. There's no way <laughs> I could survive 36 in a game. 
No, this has to be spread out. I'm going to miss a I was couple gonna weeks. Line, I was going to line you up for an hour, Burke. It's just, oh, you know, let's go. No, thanks. One every three minutes. Let's hit it. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I think you're right. I, I think, you know, there are much more reasonable things. Like, could I actually hold on to the ball? And that might be possible, but you're going to take a three-yard loss on every one of them. So. Well, for those of you that aren't on Twitter, that's the kind of fun that we're having is uh, looking at people <laughs> saying that they think that they could average uh, in the plus territory. Uh, uh, just as, just as a, a real world counterpoint to this, did you see the guys in Chicago that tried to kick the field goal at Goose Island Brewing? Like now kicking a field goal is a lot physically a lot easier than taking a full on running back carry and hit in the NFL and nobody uh, they had like what 50 guys or something nobody came even close to hitting that field goal like it was keystone cop stuff and that's a field goal so if you think you can come on and take a carry against people who are committed to stopping you um yeah i think you're right i think they're kidding themselves a little in their own head there yeah i will say that the footing looked pretty bad yeah, they didn't silent. exactly sweep off no. that frozen astroturf very much, did they? No, but uh, yeah, I've, I've you know remember messing around in high school with uh, you know the kickers and the punters and stuff, and uh, yeah, you know maybe get an extra point over the over the goalpost, but you know one out of every five maybe. Uh, right, it's not an easy <laughs> thing. Um, well, I want to get to the draft, and obviously this this year's pretty different with the draft with the limited picks, but you know this is this is your world. Um, Take me through what you're thinking about uh, for potential targets for inside linebacker for the Bears if, if they go this direction. Yeah, and again, dominoes would have to fall. They'd have to have a you know a reason to get rid of quit or a, or a very strong suspicion that there was somebody there that they thought they could get a value on. But just overall, I kind of want to set the stage because it's a very, very different year for the Bears. Um, I've been doing this a long time. Obviously, with the draft, you look at the entire league. I've been a Chicago fan for for most of my life, which is starting to be a fairly long time now. And I can't remember any time in the last eight or nine years where the bears were anywhere near close to this with their current roster composition. So I was on Lester's podcast a couple of weeks back and he asked me, Hey, what are the, you know, what do you think the top five draft needs are? So the first thing I do is go to their roster, see who's on the roster, see who's leaving, see who's a free agent, see whose contracts up this year, and then really start looking at if they were going to reload, whose contract is up next year as well. Um, because good teams like Baltimore, that's what they're doing. They're saying, who can we lose, get a compensatory pick if we get a rookie. And now they've got a year under their belt when this person leaves and we have this smooth transition. Good, good teams that do that with personnel have that consistency. So I looked at all those things and I was really surprised when I looked down the roster because I can't remember a time in the last eight or nine years when the bears had, basically no holes to go to opening day, meaning they could line up and play at a fairly high level right now with the folks they have under contract. And that's the situation they're in. Pace has put together a really good roster and you start talking about, oh, is a team one player away or, you know, in reality, two or three players away. The Bears have not been in that situation. They've been like, we need to get somebody at safety or we can't line up on day one we need to get somebody at wide receiver or we can't line up on day one or like uh, uh, we need to get an offense i remember uh, right days. yeah an entire side of the ball right so it's a very very different look and then you combine that with hey we've traded away the first round pick and the second round picks so we don't have a pick um until the third round bears are not picking until late in the third round because they had a very successful year that is also not familiar territory for bears fans of late right. So it's a very, very different set of circumstances. 
Um, so there, that's just a just a filter to look at all of this through. So I put out a poll on Twitter probably a month ago and said, hey, uh, you know, it's a very different year for the Bears. What do you folks want me to do? Do you want me to focus on, you know, the top 75 players like like most draft analysts do? Because that's where that's where all the excitement and the sort of glitz and glamour in the draft is. Do you want me to focus on 75 through 150, which is really about where the Bears are going to start choosing and choose, you know, the first two or three draft choices? Um, or do you want me to uh, just drink beer and watch running backs and drink beer and watch running backs was a very close second. And I thank all you people for knowing me. Um, that would be a wonderful life because I, I love running back tape and we'll obviously there. like drinking beer. Right. So, uh, but no, the, the leader in the clubhouse there was focused on 75 to 150, which is where the bears currently have their picks. So, it's a different uh, approach for me. I had to sort of go out and say, okay, who are the who are the sort of mid round targets? Third round, fourth round, fifth round, um, and in this sort of off ball linebacker or middle linebacker, uh, as they're referred to, category, um, there's quite a few guys. I narrowed it down to seven. I've watched some tape on all of them, uh, three games on some of them, only one game on a few of them. Um, but there's some guys out there that are pretty interesting. Again, uh, just with all the stuff we've talked about in this pod, what the Bears are looking for in their new linebacker mold, who they have on their roster, who might develop, uh, who's out there in free agency, and is free agency sort of loaded or not loaded. Um, I think it's pretty likely that they'll end up picking an inside linebacker at some point because um, Kwiatkowski uh, is gone at the end of the year. Um, Trevathan's 29, entering his eighth season. He's had some injuries. He's still playing at a high level, but he's also pretty expensive. Even if they're going to keep him through this season, maybe through next season, they need to get somebody. They need to get somebody in the pipeline. They need to get that person started and in the system so that they can have that good, smooth transition. They're in a position to do that because of what Pace has done. So, uh, the seven guys I looked at real quickly, I'll just rattle them off uh, for you draft fans out there. Uh, Joe Giles Harris from Duke, uh, Voshan Joseph from Florida, um, Bobby uh, Okariki uh, from Stanford, Khalil Hodge from Buffalo. I know another linebacker Ooh. named Colt from Buffalo, right? I Everybody's like, like, hey. Yeah, everybody's like, hey, that worked out okay last time. Uh, David Long from West Virginia. That's Nick Wachowski's alma mater. Uh, Tavon Coney from Notre Dame, right down the road from uh, from Chicago. And, and Jermaine Pratt from North Carolina State. Uh, of those guys, uh, I'll just rattle off the ones that are not fits for the Bears based on the tape that I saw. Joe Giles Harris, uh, probably a real nice uh, sort of traditional middle linebacker, but just doesn't have the foot speed. Size is okay. Mental processing is pretty good, but just on tape, unless he tests out of his mind at the combine, he's he's out. Um, he's just not a fit. He's going to be, he's going to look like Kwiatkowski in those trailing routes. He's going to be two, three, two, three yards behind. Um, that's not going to work. Uh, David Long out of West Virginia, uh, not great mental processing, good physical prospect. Uh, definitely a lower round pick, uh, was not terribly impressed with the tape I saw. Um, and then, um, Bobby Okarike, uh, from Stanford, Interesting player, um, a little bit deceiving, uh, glides a little bit, doesn't look terribly sudden. He's a fifth-year senior, a lot of snaps under his belt, has certainly played in pass-heavy off- offenses uh, in the Pac-12. Um, I like a lot of what he does, but he just doesn't look quick enough. He's got good size, um, doesn't change direction, doesn't look very um, sudden is one word, but he just doesn't look very uh, urgent on okay. the field, and I, I don't know that that's not going to work very well now so that leaves Voshan joseph from florida 
um, who definitely fits the size profile. He's he's very similar to Roquan, um, and he has some really good traits. We'll talk about him a little bit. Um, Khalil Hodge is a guy that, again, I want to see how he runs. He looks a little bit slow in certain circumstances, and I don't know if that's just him kind of pulling up or maybe he was playing with a bit of an injury in some of the games I saw. Can't, can't really tell. I want to see how he tests at the combine. He's got great physical size, um, has some splash plays, both rushing the passer off the edge and then playing in the middle. Um, but uh, there's a reason people are talking about him in the mid-rounds. He's, he's not uh, super consistent there. But I, again, I want to see how he runs. And if he doesn't have that top-end speed, uh, he'd slide down my list a little bit. Um, Tavon Coney, a lot of uh, listeners will probably be familiar with him. He plays at Notre Dame. Uh, good linebacker, uh, great size, really aggressive, great run fills, very, very strong. A um, lot of experience. Uh, not doesn't necessarily have that high end speed, but he he puts himself in pretty good positions in pass coverage, uh, and can cover um, at least the tight ends that Notre Dame played uh, across the middle, uh, as long as he's sort of on it. And and for the most part, he is um, very patient. Plays with a great base and balance. Um, hits really hard. I, I think he's got some potential, but he would be on the bigger side. Um, that leaves us really with Voshan Joseph. Uh, and Jermaine Pratt. Now I'm going to talk about Voshan Joseph first from Florida, Florida linebackers. I know the Bears might Bears fans might have a little <laughs> bit of PTSD about Florida linebackers. Uh, certain Florida linebacker didn't work out so well. Right. Um, that was that was an Emory pick. John Bostic was an Emory pick. Um, Voshan Joseph has some consistency issues, and he he doesn't rap as well as I would like, and that's a that's a big knock for me. When I'm saying rap, I'm saying doesn't finish tackle attempts by by really you know he's he's a bit of a hitter um uh but he also just on leg tackle attempts and stuff doesn't wrap as often as i'd like people run out of his grasp occasionally but he's very very quick um both mentally and physically changes direction very quickly as well definitely can cover in the pass pretty uh, pretty interesting as a rusher as long as you don't line him up as a rusher before the snap so delayed blitz middle blitz that kind of thing okay. can get home much like roquan you're not going to line him up straight on the edge and, and have him take on an offensive tackle same thing with joseph because of his size um but there are some consistency issues with joseph in terms of um mental processing and he will occasionally gamble pick the wrong gap that sort of a thing uh, and give up a big gain. So it's 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 like mental discipline. Um, but again, you're talking about a middle middle round linebacker with some really good physical skills. So could you develop that? Could you you know sit him down and, and get him in a room with some veteran linebackers and go, nope, you got to do this for a reason, and see if you can build that into him. Now, Florida guys, discipline. Hmm, you know, they, <laughs> sure. they scout the player, not the helmet. Uh, but you know, Voshan Joseph was the first guy on the list that really sort of, you know, perked my eyes up and said, hey, this, this guy fits the profile. He's got the skills. Yeah, he's got some rough edges around his game, but maybe those are maybe those are edges you can get around. The tackling thing worries me more than the mental processing thing, um, but definitely a target. And then this morning, actually, I got to Jermaine Pratt's tape from North Carolina State. Now, um, Jermaine Pratt. Interesting story, much like uh, Kwiatkowski, played safety for the first two years, had a shoulder injury in 2016, sat out all of 2017, um, moved, put on some weight, just like Kwiatkowski, grew. Um, he's a big guy, um, very, very solid, and super fast. He's retained his speed, really violent in, in a legal way, but man, when, when he tackles a guy, the guy knows he got tackled 
easily fast enough to keep with backs out of the backfield. Um, so that means he's got no problem covering tight ends, both with his size and speed. Um, really likes to hit, has that safety mentality um, of knowing where those routes are going to develop. Still learning the linebacker position, but even so, not afraid of contact. That's usually what you see with sort of smaller guys who are safeties that turn into linebackers is that they don't like to just rack into an offensive lineman and then try and you know stack and shed slide into a gap um he has no problem with that he's he's highly aggressive a lot of splash plays this guy's a player and he might slip through the cracks because he's only got one year of linebacker experience he had an injury um you know he was the acc's leading tackler per game in his first year as a starting linebacker nice that's that's not common. Um, and again, size, speed, aggression, all the things you want to see out of a linebacker. Like if he lasts and he's there and the Bears are looking for this, he is a guy I'd be very excited about because he's got growth potential at the position. He's already very effective, but he could he could grow. The bottom line is I think he goes to the combine. I think he probably lights it up because he looks really fast on tape and everybody goes, hey, we should go back and, and do a little bit more study on this guy. And he probably ends up going um, before the Bears pick if they stay put all the way to the end of the third round. I think he's probably off the board before then. But, man, he's a talented guy and really, really interesting. And the kind of guy I love um, doing this for is that you're going along going, ah, former safety, haven't heard of him. Oh, look at this. This guy can play. Um, so that was a lot of fun this morning. Um, and yeah, remember that name, Jermaine Pratt out of North Carolina state. Um, certainly a guy that would be really exciting for a, for a coach like Chuck Pagano to get his hands on. Cause he's really versatile. He can do a lot of things. And, and when he gets there, the guy remembers it. He, he's got a little extra something on his tackles. It's all legal, but, um, yeah, uh, bears fans would like that a lot. Well, I wrote it down and I was thinking, as you kept saying, safety, learning how to play linebacker worked out pretty well for the bears taking a college safety who was learned how to play linebacker and a guy named Brian Erlacher. So um, funny that, yeah. Yeah. I know that's uh, obviously the top of the mountain, but you know, hard, hard to not yeah. bring, bring up that image of Erlacher with so, hair and a golden jacket. Uh, that we've seen a lot <laughs> the last year or two. Um, yeah. I don't want to anoint guys that, that early in the draft, but a guy like Pratt has enough skill and enough size that he, he'd be a very versatile defensive weapon. What about you mentioned Khalil Hodge? Um, it, he wouldn't have played with Khalil Mack in Buffalo. Mack's been in the league too long. Uh, I do kind of like the idea of teammates, uh, you know, coming in and being able to have somebody there to uh, to make the adjustment quickly. Mm-hmm. We talk about that when we talk about running backs. The, the kid from Memphis, I think, is an interesting target. Uh, yep. Anthony Miller <laughs> on the team. Um, yep. But uh, it, you know. It, having the same name as, as Mac uh, and being from Buffalo. Uh, I have heard the name quite a bit, and I'm not a draft Nick like you, and so the fact that I've heard a name, um, I have to just ask a follow-up. Where do you see Hodge going, and, and you know, is he someone that is maybe a little later, or do you think he'll go in that 3-4 area? Uh, I think he probably goes in that 3-4 round. He, he, he has enough physical skill. Um, he makes enough plays. He's a smart enough football player. I really want to see how he tests. He he looks very strong, um, but I 
I've got that question about his speed. Uh, second tape I watched, I can't remember. I'd have to go back to my notes to see which one or what order I watched them in. Second tape I watched, he just looked like he was loafing a little bit. And I, it, it almost was like, hey, you look faster in the last tape. And then again, that's why you watch more tapes than one. You always watch two or three if you can. Three is sort of the, the at least number to really get a true picture of a player because things like that can happen. Hey, he had a stomach virus that day or, oh, he tweaked his hamstring and three weeks later he was faster you don't know but um i have a question about his speed and if he's if he's got that if he's sort of in the high four sixes low four sevens i'm not in any hurry to pick him he's he's a good solid linebacker but good solid linebackers are are you know you can find them um if he's you know if he has been training and he's in great shape and whatever injury he had maybe uh you know is cleaned up and and he runs sort of high mid four sixes low four sixes you know starts to get into that high four fives category yeah then i'm then he is you know he's probably going to go up around because he's got the physical potential to stay with people across the middle and then i, I want to follow up on coney as well just because i imagine that there are a lot of bears fans that are notre dame's fan notre dame mm-hmm. fans but i also yep. imagine that there are an equal number of Bears fans that hate Notre Dame. So I'm not sure how much people will like that pick, but I'm kind of curious that Notre Dame players um, seem to be maybe in general, uh, for the most part, overrated in my lifetime coming into mm. the league. Um, and so I'm curious if that uh, if that premium has, you feel like that's maybe worn off, maybe that's that doesn't around anymore. Um, and, and if this guy's, you know, got a potential to, 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 to make an impact in the league. Yeah, I think he can actually play his way into a starting position. Um, he, he shows good instinct. He's got great physical skill. Um, he's not the fastest guy, but he is very, very well built. Um, and he can because he's, he's taller. He's got longer arms. Um, and he's smart. Uh, if a guy is smart, he's going to appear faster. That means he is not as far away from the spot he needs to get to when he starts. So he's going to get there sooner, if that makes sense. So while he doesn't have, you know, necessarily super quick twitch speed or, or, or even really sort of top end speed, we could talk about quickness versus speed. Um, neither one are, are crazy. He's, he's pretty good. He's, he's definitely got more twitch and urgency than a guy like Okariki. Um, but he's real strong, real smart. His reads are good. Um, he hits pretty hard. He, he's a good, solid football player. He knows how to do it, and he's not slow. Um, now, is he going to stay with a slot receiver who's who's really quick? I, I doubt it. Um, but even a guy who is really quick like Jermaine Pratt, uh, the game I watched him in this morning was against Clemson. And you know Hunter Renfro, who's a little receiver who probably ended up in New England because why wouldn't he? sure um it, you know not the greatest receiver but runs very very sharp cuts and you know he made pratt look silly on a cut and it's not because pratt is slower was in the wrong position it's because hunter renfro is really good at cuts um so same thing uh you can you can make up so much with physical prowess and, and mental processing but eventually you know a little quick guy is going to beat a larger not as quick guy well if that guy plays lacrosse he's definitely going to new england um <laughs> Well, I, I, do you have anything else from the draft? No, I'm good. I think that is a a, a great first one to put in the can, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, it's fun, and hopefully folks will get into the fact that uh, it's not hot takes and a little bit deeper dives, and that we're you know help, helping to hopefully educate them and, and entertain them as fans a little bit and, and get on board. Well, Plenty of room on the bus. Well, speaking of next time, how about we focus on safety? 
Uh, I know that that's going to be a hot topic around here. Um, and I think that's true. Okay. And uh, subscribe to the Windy City Gridiron channel. Uh, download this podcast. Tell your friends to download it. Interact with us leave on us a, Twitter. Leave us a rating. Yeah, you know? ratings would be great. Um, interact with us on Twitter. We're still yep. shaping this. We still want this to be interactive with people to make sure we're covering what is interesting to you guys. So uh, follow us. I'm found at Gridironborn. You're found at the Draftsman FB. And then, of course, follow the site at WC, WC Gridiron. At WC Gridiron. And that'll bring you to all the writers uh we plan on interviewing some some writers both on our staff uh the other teams in the sb nation uh network uh potentially some other uh writers if we can get some player interviews that'd be great too um we're gonna we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep chugging along this off season and and try to take this one one position group at a time we thank you for listening to our first show and uh look forward to many more